I did not come planning to preach on this subject, but I've been pressed of the Lord to do so. I hope the Lord will teach us and show us some things. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 1, the title of the book, The Revelation of Jesus Christ. That's the whole theme of this epistle. This is a church epistle written not just to seven churches, that's the initial, primary, but written to the Lord's churches in all ages to know what Christ is to you and for you. And he will tell you and illustrate it by these initial first seven churches. We mentioned just briefly this morning about the church at Ephesus, uh, who was a very sound orthodox church, but who was spiritually cold. You have left your first love. And the recovery of that, verse 5, remember, repent, and redo. Three words. Verse 5, remember, remember. God's people need to remember the fellowship and the joy we enjoyed when we walked with the Lord in fellowship with him. Isn't Aren't those precious thoughts when you've enjoyed seasons of the Lord's fellowship his presence be made manifested. Remember, what else should we do? Repent. Repent. I've heard so many times, and it's true, that Second Chronicles seven fourteen, if my people, my people, which are called by my name, would do what? Get up and shout hallelujah? No. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves, the great hindrance, in our spiritual lives is pride. Humble themselves and pray. Deficiency in spirituality is the lack of prayer life. Humble themselves and pray and then what? Turn from their wicked ways. Oh, that's for the world out yonder. That's for the ungodly. My people he's talking to. I believe that no revival will ever come to this country until my people begin to do those things. Humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. Second Chronicles 7, 14. Then will I hear from heaven and will heal their land. That revival begins with individual people. Individual people seeking the Lord's face. Repent. And redo the first works. Do the first works. What we are. We are supposed to be a primitive Baptist church. Why? Because we are supposed to be a church that's after the original order. The pattern set forth in the Old New Testament. That pattern in the New Testament is the way that God's people are to live. And the way we're to do the Lord's work. Business here on earth. You want to know what kind of church we're supposed to be? Read the teachings of the New Testament. That's the pattern laid out for us. Now I want to just quickly go over to talk about the church at Philadelphia. That's the one church that there's no fault in as far as he manifested anything. But he tells them in guilt, this. The church of Philadelphia. The church of brother love. 
I've given to thee, thou hast the key of David. And he that openeth, no man shutteth, and no, and no man, no man, he that openeth, no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. This is Christ. I know thy works. I know thy works. Every church. I know thy works. I know what's going on. Listen, folks. Nothing's hid from the Lord. He knows our hearts. He knows the intent. He knows the purpose. He knows our desires. He knows all about it. I know thy works. I've set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. If we are the Lord's people, doing the Lord's work, the Lord's way, there is an open door set before you. All of us, round about us. I stayed in a motel in Jackson, Mississippi, Wednesday night. The, the man who, people on the door, on the Hope Motel, are from India. The man who took the clerk at the desk was from Pakistan. Now you're talking about a foreign mission field, and that's not more than five miles from Jackson Primitive Baptist Church. I, and I doubt, and I'm not throwing rocks at them, but I doubt that anyone has ever been down there to speak to any of those folks to invite them to come to church. All around this church, there are motels. Most of them are owned by foreigners. Most of them are owned by Indian people. You send money to Indian country, Indian help Brother Guna. How many have ever gone to one of these hotels and say, hey, I'm a member of such and such church. I'd like to invite you to come to our services. Mexican people. Uh, by the way, I left some Mexican New Te- uh, Spanish speaking, Spanish written New Testaments and tracts. Those tracts, most of them are Spurgeon's messages translated into uh, Spanish. They're good. Hand them out to some Spanish speaking people, Spanish speaking people. I don't speak Spanish, but there are people around me, around us. Brother Timothy Gass has done a great ministry of reaching out to Spanish people. They're all around us. Rather than throwing rocks at them, let's tell them about Jesus Christ. They have, most of them are caught up in a pagan, ungodly religion of Catholicism. And they need to know the truth. I sat before an open door and... For thou hast little strength. Yes, we all little strength. But hast kept my word and hast not denied my name. Now here's the promise. I want you to know what the Lord says in verse 9. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan. Now I think, my understanding of this, there was a shrine, a temple at Philadelphia that was being to, to a certain pagan god. But I think that this is a figurative language. It's talking about the world's religious order. Synagogue of Satan. All the religions of this world are opposed to the truth. They're opposed to what we stand for. I'll make them which say they're the synagogue of Satan, which they say they are Jews. That means they say we're God's people, but they're not. They lie. Behold, I will make them to come and to worship before thy feet and to know that I've loved you. Now, I simply want to submit this for your consideration. When... And how is that going to happen? I'll give you my answer. At the end of time, the Lord's churches, His bride, are going to be gathered around Christ and the world is going to be made to see who He has loved through the ages, His faithful bride. 
that should be an encouragement to every child of God, to every Baptist person, to say, listen, Jesus Christ loved his church, died for it. I want to be a faithful member. I want to be a faithful servant. I want to serve the Christ in a New Testament Baptist church because I know at the end time, the Lord is going to gather his church together and say, look here, these are the people that I love. You killed them. You ridiculed them. You made fun of them. But these are my people. Now, quickly, the fourth chapter. I'm not going to go through the book of Revelation with you today. I might go back tomorrow morning. Lord's willing, I might pick up some things and go back through it. But I want to tell you that the book of Revelation is not a chronological record. You do not interpret the book of Revelation by saying that chapter 6 happened about after chapter 4. You don't go and say, well, whatever's in chapter 10 happened after chapter 19. The book of Revelation is not to be interpreted in a chronological order. If we could get that key in our minds, it would help us to have a better understanding of the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is written somewhat like a novel is written. I don't mean it's a novel, but it's written somewhat like a novel is written. You read chapter 1 and you hear what's going on. You read chapter 2 and chapter 2 will tell you what was going on while chapter 1 was happening. And in chapter 3 will tell you what was going on while chapter 2 was happening. And so it is somewhat of a view from a different angle of all that's going on at various times throughout the history of the Lord's church and time. And so chapters 4 and 5 I'm not interested in right now, but I want to go to chapter 6. Because in chapter 6, you have the end time. In the middle of the book of Revelation, you have a record of what happens at the end time. It's not at the last chapter of Revelation, because the book of Revelation repeats itself. There are different, there are about three endings in the book of Revelation. Look at chapter 6. Behold, and I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal. And lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell into the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her timely figs, when she is when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it was rolled together. Every mountain and isle were moved out of the place, and the kings of the earth, and great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man hid themselves from the dens, and in the rocks of the mountains, and they said to the mountains, and the rocks fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth upon the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of his wrath is come, and who is able to stand? That's the end time, my understanding. And I'm not going to go on through the rest of the chapters. We'll maybe we'll do that tomorrow morning. I want to go quickly to the 20th chapter of Revelation. 20th chapter gives to us one of the most controversial records and all of Bible interpretation. There are 411 different interpretations of the 20th chapter of Revelation, and that's minimizing it. I have in my library at home, I believe I have, I have a book, I believe it sets forth four different viewpoints of Revelation, the 20th chapter. And they're written by good men. I don't think I have all the answers, but I'll tell you what my understanding is, and I hope that it will be somewhat helpful to you. I saw an angel come down from heaven. My understanding of that is, and the word angel means messenger. That messenger to me is Jesus Christ himself. Come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit, and great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Now go back to the 12th chapter of 
the Gospel of John quickly, please. John chapter 12. Jesus Christ speaking in verse 30. This is the voice that came not because of me, but for your sakes. He's talking about an angel spake in verse 29. Now verse 30. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all unto me. This, he said, signifying what death he should die. Now I want to ask you a question. Has Jesus Christ been lifted up? Did he die on the cross of Calvary? What did he say then would happen? Verse 31. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. He is cast down to control. Now, someone says, I don't believe the devil has been bound yet. I'll tell you one thing. The devil's been on God's chain ever since time ever began or ever since he existed. Brother Joseph spoke about Joseph, about Job. What was it that the devil said when he came to God and accused Job of being a hypocrite? And God said, well, you go ahead and do a certain thing with him. He said, I can't. Why? Because you've got a chain. You've got a wall around about him. The devil has always been on God's chain. He can do no more than what God is pleased to allow him to do. I spoke about the death of Christ this morning. And the devil would have liked to have seen every prophecy violated by the death of Christ. But God was in control. He even controls the centurion's heart that rather than breaking the bones, he pierced his side. He even controlled the hearts of those soldiers that they cast, cast lot for his garment. Why? Because the Bible said they will cast lot for my life. Everything was under the control of God Almighty. Even the wicked that men did. The wickedness that they did was controlled by God to accomplish his will. If we could just get hold of that, folks. I talk to people. They're so frustrated. They're so filled with despondent. They don't know what in the world is going I don't like what's going on. No. I love America. I love this country. I want to see the America that I grew up in preserved for my children, my grandchildren, if at all possible. But on the other hand, my friend, the America that I'm now living in and that have lived in for the last 20 years is not the America I was born into. It's not the America that our forefathers established. It's not the America that our soldier people have died, military people died for. There has been a constant drifting away from our founding principles and it is ongoing. And no political party is going to stop it. I hate to be that nature and that message. We may get a, a, a temporary reprieve. We have had those, I think, as it were, in which I believe that God has given us a season to repent and to turn. But it is almost as to where it has fallen on deaf ears. And people can't understand why, what's going on, the, the speed in which the rapidity of it, how fast everything is going. I'll give you the answer in Revelation 20. And he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should what? That he should what? What's the word there? Deceive. The devil had deceived and had had the world in total spiritual darkness unto the days of Jesus Christ. They were heathenistic, paganistic worshipers of idols. 
And that's what the New Testament church was born into. That's what they came into existence. That's what Paul and the apostles had to deal with. That was the world that they went out preaching. But I'll tell you how. The message that they preached was empowered by God and the world was turned upside down. Why? Because Satan was bound that the gospel might go forth to the ends of the earth and that the elect of God be blessed to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I don't believe the gospel at all is regenerating power. The gospel is a converting power and it brings hope and consolation and encouragement to the saints of God. And that's what the gospel was designed to do and that's what they went out preaching. And Jesus Christ said, Satan is bound until the gospel should go forth to the ends of the earth. And it has done that. Oh, there might be somebody here and there has never heard about Jesus Christ. But I will tell you, if there's one of God's elect, God can speak to their heart. He don't have to use a preacher at all to do it. He normally does. And thank God for preachers. But it, the normal means is by the ministry of preachers. But God is not restricted to having to use a mortal being. He can speak to the heart by the Holy Spirit. And fact of the matter is, if you ever hear the gospel, it's because God spoke to you. I don't care who was preaching, what the preacher was. If you ever hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, it is because God speaks to your heart. My sheep shall hear my voice, and I know them, and they shall follow me. He will be bound because he deceived the nations till the thousand years should be fulfilled. Note that, please. Till the thousand years have been fulfilled. Until God has accomplished his purpose. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. We'll read about that word in just a minute. But how long is a little season? I don't know. But it's a little season. It's a set period of time. It's a set period of time. The world has gone on since the days of Jesus Christ for almost 2,000 years, a little bit over 2,000 years now. A hundred years would be a short season. Five hundred years would be a little season. I don't know how long it might be, but it's a set time, a little season, set by God Almighty. And I saw thrones, and they that sit upon them, and judgment was given unto them. Now, okay, that's what's going to happen during the millennium. Now, I don't, I don't mean to belittle anyone who holds to a literal millennium. I believe in a literal millennium that began during the days of Jesus Christ. I don't, but I'm not belittling. I don't mean to belittle that. I just want to show you something. You turn your Bibles, please, to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 17. Let me read verse, well, let me start at verse, well, let me start at verse 15. I'm sorry. Uh, verse 13. Verse 12. i got to start at verse 12. I, I, this is for us all. Verse 12 of the fourth chapter of 1 Peter. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. Oh, no, it's not going to try us. We're going to be raptured up. What Peter would might as well tear the book page out because Peter didn't know what he was talking about. I want to bag your part, bag, differ with you. Peter is writing by inspiration of the Holy Spirit and he's writing for Christians today. The fiery trial which is try you as though some strange thing has happened to you. But rejoice in so much as you are partakers of Christ's suffering that when his glory shall be revealed, you shall be glad with exceeding joy. 
If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are you. Oh no, that can't be true. We're wailing and whining and moaning and crying out. Peter and John, Peter and Silas, uh, Paul and Silas, get it right. Paul and Silas sang in prison. Chained up in prison. They were singing and praising the Lord. Happy for the spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. On their part he's evil spoken of, but on you, on your part he's glorified. Let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody of other men's business. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on his behalf. Now here's the verse. For the time is come. And the tense of the Greek is, it is now. The time is now that judgment must begin at the house of God. And it must begin at, first begin at us. What shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel? Peter says, judgment is set now and it is that it begins at the house of God. Paul writes and said, we must all stand before the judgment seat. In the Greek, that is the bema. The Greek Orthodox Church calls the pulpit the bema. When the word of God is preached in the Lord's house, judgment is set. When the word of God is preached in the Lord's house, judgment is declared. We preach against abortion, judgment is declared. We preach against immorality, judgment is declared. We preach against sin, judgment is declared. Judgment begins at the house of God. Oh, but the world's not here. That's all right. That's their fault. Bless God and thank God that you get to hear it. And that God blesses you by the Holy Spirit that your life is conformed to the Word of God. But God declares His judgment preachers preaching His Word. Judgment must begin at the house of God. Thrones. I'm back to chapter 20 of Revelation. I saw thrones and they that sat upon them. Judgment was given on them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded. For the witness of Jesus. And for the word of God. Which had not worshipped the beast. Neither received his image. Neither had received his mark upon their foreheads. Tomorrow morning. Lord willing I'll talk about the mark of the beast. Verse 6. But the rest of the dead. <clears throat> Let me go back to verse 4 here. Uh, upon their head and in their hand. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. You know what the first resurrection was? As far as I'm concerned, my understanding of the Bible. When you were regenerated by the Holy Spirit of God. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, and you have the, what's that word? Quickened. Made alive. You were dead. We were dead in trespass and sins. That is a spiritual resurrection. Blessed the Holy and He that hath part in the first resurrection, on such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with Him a thousand years. I read in the first chapter, John wrote and said that God has made us to be a kingdom of priests. John is writing in chapter 1 to the seven churches. And he said, God has made us to be a kingdom of priests. That means that we are the ministerial authority for doing the work of the Lord. 
A New Testament church is the sole authority for doing the work of the Lord. A kingdom of priests. Blessed and holy is he that hath part on the first resurrection and such a second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. We are blessed of God to be ministering the affairs of the kingdom of God. John Matthew 16, the Lord said upon this rock, I'll build my church and the house, the church, the gates of hell shall not prevail against him. The gates of hell shall not prevail against him. Going through that. But I give unto thee, Church, the keys to the kingdom of heaven. That doesn't mean that we open and close heaven. It means we have the authority for doing the Lord's work. I want to tell you, friends, the only people who have the authority for doing the work of the Lord on the earth today is a New Testament Baptist church. I know that's not what everybody wants to hear, but I want to tell you, there's a kind of church that Jesus Christ established. I don't mean every church. I qualified it by saying a New Testament Baptist church. You see, New Testament Baptist church. And now, verse 7. When the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. And I believe here's where we are today. I hope I'm wrong. I hope, I really honestly believe, hope and pray that I'm wrong here. Satan loosed out of his prison and he shall go out to deceive the nations. What is happening in America? We are a nation of deceived people. There's no logic. There's no legal reason what's going on in our country. There's what's going on in our country is a total violation of our constitution. It is a usurping of authority is violence is rampant on every hand. Why is it that our country is going so crazy? It is because of the demonic spirit that has been made manifested in the hearts of unregenerate people because Satan is deceiving them. This started this started in our pulpits with preachers who would not preach the truth and who would preach what people wanted to hear and would tell us that there's no consequence to sin and there is no such thing as sin and you can live your life and do whatever you want and God is just a big, happy, poppy daddy and he'll just forgive you and bless you no matter how you live and you can do whatever you want to and we're all going to die and go to heaven. And that's the lie from the pits of hell. God is a holy God just God and God punishes the wicked and God holds his people accountable and responsible for the lives that we live but the nations are deceived our country is being deceived our young people are being deceived I'm glad to see you young people here I want to tell you what you're hearing on the news 99, 99, 44, 100% of what you're hearing on the news is the devil's message to deceive the world what goes on in our colleges, what's being taught in our colleges, 99, 44, 100% of it is the lies of the devil. What's been taught in our high schools is 99, 44, 100% of it is the lies of the devil. We took the Bible out of the churches, out of the schools, and we have installed Darwin's 
theory of so-called theory of evolution, and that's the authority by which we are being governed in our schools. Humanism and socialism is the doctrine of our high schools and of our colleges. The devil is deceiving by means of television, by the means of the educational system in our world today, the devil is deceiving people. And they are believing the story hook, line, and sinker. Pray for God's people. I'll show you tomorrow who's not going to be deceived and who is not deceived. But the unregenerate, non-elect world is going to be continually increased in their deception. And what's going to happen? He will deceive the nations. The nations. What about the United Nations? Have they not deceived? Are they not deceived? United Nations? They want to take your authority as Americans away from you. And there are people in our world, right here in America, who wants to take away the sovereignty and the independence of our America and turn it over to the United Nations. That's what they're working toward. Socialists want us to become under one world government. And they want to take away your liberties and your freedoms. And they're telling you they'll give you something back, but they can't give you anything back until, first of all, they take everything from you. And what they will give back to you is only one-tenth of what they took from you. Wake up, America. Why is it that our young people are believing these crazy, foolish lies? Because in our high school, in our colleges, we quit teaching American history, we quit teaching the Word of God, we quit teaching civics, and so our young people today do not know the difference between socialism and capitalism. And capitalism is not the savior of our world, but God is. But capitalism has biblical principles to it, which is, you work for your bread. He that don't work, don't eat. That's a biblical principle. But now our government is paying people to stay home. Am I right or wrong? Whatever you need, the government will give it to you. From the birth to the grave, don't worry about it. The government will give it to you. But I'll tell you what the government will do in exchange. It'll make you slaves, servants, and bondmen, and high taxes. But people don't consider the cost of it. All they want to do, we're going to get a free education. Oh, my college bill is going to get paid off. I get a free college degree now. Yeah. Uh, but you can't find a job to work at. Now, right or wrong? He gathers together the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog. That's just the political world powers, military powers. I could tell you things. You know about it more so than I do. Here's a, scary, here's a scary thing that came out during this coronavirus thing. We know uh, the people up in Monroe County, Mississippi, uh, y'all are not practicing uh, social distancing. How did they know that? They track it by your phones. And we all carry them around. 
Okay, here we are, CDC. Here I am right here. We, they know about this right here. Bill Gates is a world globalist. And this is one of the tools that he's using to deceive people and control people by. I don't like to get into politics. But, but here's the thing, too. It's not just the Democrats. There are Republicans who go right along with the same program, folks. It's not a political system. I mean, it, politics is not going to save us. Only the Lord is going to save us. But I want you to see what's down the road. I, I, you know, I feel like Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a prophet. They called him the weeping prophet. In the book of Lamentations, I preached at our church through the book of Lamentations. It's all, it's Lamentations. It's such a sad message. Jeremiah prophesied. God told him what he was going to do to, to Jerusalem and to Israel. And they were going to be carried off in Babylonian captivity. And he began preaching God's message that you're going to get. Listen, he said, don't resist the Babylonians. They're going to take you off into foreign bondage. That's when Daniel, you know, beginning at 606 B.C., the Babylonians came in. And Jeremiah was preaching, don't war against them. Listen, God is living you over to the hands of, of Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians because you have forsaken the Lord. You've not obeyed the Lord. So the God's going to send you into 70 years of captivity. And the false prophet said, don't believe Jeremiah. No, God's going to continue to spare us. No, that's not going to happen. And they put Jeremiah in prison two or three times. And Jeremiah just kept on preaching. Even after they had been carried off into exile, Jeremiah, when, when the Babylonians got finished carrying them off in captivity, they told Jeremiah, you can go wherever you want to go. Do whatever you want to do. They gave him liberty. God spared him. Tradition has it that Jeremiah went with a remnant down to Egypt land, and they killed him down in Egypt land. I don't know if that's true or not. The Bible doesn't say that. But you read Lamentations. And I read Lamentations, and I feel like I can identify with Jeremiah. This is my America. This is my country. This is the country I was born into. That I love. That flag represents a lot to me. I never was in military service. But I know about people who died. I know about our ancestors. I know about George Washington. Oh, read about George Washington and his army at Valley Forge. Men starved to death froze to death because they were trying to give us liberty and they fought for liberty and they died, shed their precious blood that we might have the liberty that now people want to trample on and destroy. God have mercy on us. And they gathered them together to battle and the number of them is at the sand of the sea. Now the next verse marks the end of everything. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints around about. The beloved city, that's the Lord's churches. A lot of people tell you, watch Israel, watch Israel. I said sometime or another, not national Israel, but spiritual Israel. Watch what God is doing for his people. 
the churches of Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, the Lord said, Touch not my anointing, and do my promise no harm. That rule applies to God's people and the Lord's churches today. Germany fell not because they had insufficient military power or genius. Germany failed because of what they were doing to God's people. I'm not talking about the Jews. I'm talking about the saints of God in, that lived in Europe at that time. Rome failed because of what she was doing to God's people. No political power can stand against God's people. Not because we are great, but because our God is great. Be, take comfort in that. If they kill you, they just set you free to go to heaven. That's the truth. Take this old world, but give me Jesus. They go up against the beloved city. The world, our government, is set against the Lord's churches. Why did they allow this decree that you cannot meet, violating the first commandment, first, decree, uh, first bill of rights? Oh, for health's sake. Well, I hope we're learning that most of that was all fabricated as a lie. I'm not denying that the disease virus is, is serious. I'm not denying it one bit. It's real. People die from it. But people have more people have died by the common flu this year than by the virus. More babies have died this year than were killed by the virus. People are dying every day by automobile accidents. So let's shut down the roads. It is an orchestrated thing to gain control over people. Their minds. They, they ruined one of the greatest economies that was going on in the world. I don't know if we'll ever recover from it. If we ever recover from it, the youngest boy there, is that... What's your name, son? Jacob. Jacob will be paying the debt for it. I'm sorry, Jacob. If you live to be a working man, the rest of your working life, you will be paying a debt that was incurred upon us as Americans because of this crazy virus thing. Right? And I doubt it will ever get paid off. And we're using that money to pay men to stay home and not work. But why? This is why. I want to know why. Satan is deceiving people. He's deceiving our young people. And he will continue to do that. Only those who know the Lord and know the book. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. Here's the blessed thing, verse 9. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Folks, I saw the Lord coming, John Paul says, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God. They shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord. And the devil that deceived them was cast in the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast, the false prophet, are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and forever and forever. And the saints of God are going to be in heaven rejoicing forever and forever. That's the end of the story. That's how it ends up. Now back to First Thessalonians chapter 1 for a minute. 
First Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians, I'm sorry. First Thessalonians chapter one. Second Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians chapter one. I'll start reading at verse four. So that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all of your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. Oh, Paul, you got it all wrong. The churches are not going to go through tribulation. Well, 50 million saints of God died, more than 50 million, from the close of the first century to about 1,500. More than 50 million Christians died, slaughtered by the world religious system. Verse 5, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which you also suffer. If you're not willing to suffer for the kingdom of God, you might as well hit the road now, Jack, because suffering and tribulation is coming. Seeing it's a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. And to you who are troubled, what's the next word? Rest. With us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. May the Lord bless us. Trust the Lord. Be faithful to the Lord. Regardless of what's going on in the world. But understand What's going on in the world is according to God allowing wickedness to be made manifested that the righteous also might be made manifested. You don't know what the light is until you have darkness. But when you have darkness, you can appreciate the light. And the light will attract. When you live a kind of godly life in this present wicked world, you are an attractive that draws the saints of God together. May God bless you.